Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. So what do you do? Your spouse abandoned you emotionally, maybe even abandoned you physically. He or she was just gone. You did all the work you knew how to do. For example, you have listened to some of the things we teach at Marriage Helper and done those things well. And finally, things begin to turn. Your husband or your wife who is straying is now actually being a little kind to you. It's even possible they move back in the house, but at least things have turned in the right direction. And now you find yourself frustrated. And the frustration primarily occurs because you expected some things to happen that are not happening. And so you start wondering, is he or she really going to be somebody that we can put a marriage back together with? I mean, is he coming toward me or is he just sitting out there all by himself? There's all kinds of questions that go through your brain. And then you start applying different kinds of pressures. You start getting very frustrated and you think it seemed to be working, but now it doesn't seem to work at all. Could it be? Is there a possibility that maybe, just maybe, you were doing all the right things, but now you're doing the wrong thing? So let's talk about that. My special guest, Jim Porto. Jim has his own company where he works with businesses and organizations. He is a relationship expert. He's also a really good guy. Well, thanks. <laughs> I love this guy to death. He's awesome. <laughs> I got a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> he works with us at Marriage Helper. He, for example, is, uh, leads many of our three-day intensive workshops for marriages that need help. He also is over our coaching division where we do marriage coaching via telephone and things like that. And and is just a very wise young man who's learned a lot <clears> of things <throat> from life. Hey, he's got really good education, not all, I mean, he's not PhD in terms of having that degree, but he's pretty close to PhD with the hard knocks of life. If you're not there, you're close to it. What do you think? Well, they said you don't have a PhD and you're not D-U-M-B, so we'll keep you. (laughs) Actually, I think you're as intelligent or more intelligent when it comes to relationships than many of the people that I associate with who are PhDs (laughs) because of the fact that you've learned a lot from life. And it's not just life. It's not just experience. You read, you study, you learn, and, and you also see how it applies to real life. So Jim, have you seen the thing I just described? Yeah. You know, um, Joe, thanks for letting me be with you today. It's always a real pleasure. You know, uh, my, my typical client load is somewhere between four to six clients a day. So wow. that's what I see in my coaching practice. And, and, um, and it's a real blessing. Um, uh, only a small percentage of those are what I would call maintenance type coaching, which is that these folks are doing, they're in a healthy relationship. There's love, like respect. They're connecting emotionally after conflict. Um, you know, they're, they're doing the right things, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so only a small percentage of that, let's say 10 or 15% of those people are that way. Mm-hmm. The rest are people who are in, um, either immediate crisis 
or in chronic crisis. And that's a whole nother podcast, by the way, is the chronic crisis that people find themselves in. Um, but nevertheless, as they call and we begin to work through things, there are some basic principles that they've heard on your podcast or they've heard uh, via um, being in our workshop or they've read a book or something that maybe we've put out. Um, that talks about pies. It talks about how we treat people. Um, and Very quickly, for those that are listening for the first time, pies is oh, an acronym. Yeah. That's good. It stands for physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. We're not going to go into great descriptions of what that means here. You can find it on other podcasts we've done or read about it on our website, Marriage Helper. That's Marriage Helper ER, MarriageHelper.com. But it means working on yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, as well as how it affects the partner. Okay? And it's very powerful because the concept behind that is... Um, uh, I, I need to, I need to be the best version of me mm-hmm. in order for our relationship to be the best version of what it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gotta be, I need to be the best me if we're going to have the best us. Oh, that's awesome. I wish I'd have thought of that. I think you just said it. Yeah. I need, <laughs> I need subtitles. Uh, but, but you know, the, so the thought behind that is I've need to work on these things. And so in coaching or working with clients, Joe, these, these folks will talk about that. We'll talk about how they're doing, you know, and everybody gets the P in the, the S, by the way. Everybody joins a gym and joins a church or something. You know? Okay, <laughs> yeah, so physically I can go work out. <laughs> yeah. and, okay. You know, the intellectual and emotional aspect is really what takes the greatest challenge here, which is how I think, um, how I think directly impacts what I do. Mm-hmm. And so we spend a lot of time in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're working with a spouse, it could be male, female, it, it's not relevant how that works, but what it is, is, is they're engaged. They want the relationship to work. But the, the, the disengaged spouse has no interest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They're angry. Perhaps they're in an affair. Perhaps they've left. I, I don't know. It's, it's based on how they perceive the relationship. And now they're, they don't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. I talked to the, 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 the engaged spouse and their response is, Jim, anything I can do, I will do it. I will do anything. And I'm always like, well, what? And I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. People will go to the nth degree on what they can do. Mm-hmm. They will bite their tongue. They will sacrifice. Quit, um, quit jobs, move. Oh, it's just, you name it, they will do it. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the stuff actually isn't good stuff. Exactly. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that isn't good that they will do. Right. But the bottom line is it's all about, they will self-sacrifice to, to the nth degree in order to show this person that they're committed to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So they're working on the pies, they're doing some great things, and eventually their spouse begins to turn towards them. Now, uh, it, it's, it's not, they're not against them anymore, fighting them. Um, they're not ignoring them, but they're, and, and it's not like they're, the music begins to play and the fireworks go off and, and, you know, the Hallmark movie where they run into their arms and like, I've been lost, here I am type thing. It's more of, I'm putting my toe in the water. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I want to see if this is something, is, is this for real? Right. Why now? What's right. different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is normal thinking that people have, okay? Mm-hmm. And so they make that turn, and they look at their husband and wife, and they say, okay, let's give this a try. So they come home. Or something similar. Mm-hmm. And they start the, really good communication. Or, start talking. Mm-hmm. They're doing some dates here and there. Right, right. Nevertheless, the basic concept I, I want our listeners to get is, is that there's a turn towards them, mm-hmm. where in the past it's been against them mm-hmm. or, or ignoring them and indifference. Now it's a turn towards the family and the relationship. Sometimes it's not major turn, just kind of a little turn. Well, many times that's what it is. Many mm-hmm. times it's just, I mean, I had a client two days ago who told me, she said, you know, in December, the only way we communicated was via email. And now we're having conversations. You know, that's that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Right? That is good. That's a turn. And, and mm-hmm. so, so they make a turn. 
Well, let's say it's, it's somewhat significant. They move home or something like that. Well, all of a sudden, that first week or two, I hear, I say, hey, how are you guys doing? We're amazing. We've never connected better any, uh, than we have before. It feels great. Sometimes it's like the sex is back or we're doing, I mean, they just, they're so excited about this turn. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is the report from the engaged spouse. Right. Right. You see, there's hope. I've got hope now. He or she is paying attention to me. They see me now. They're talking to me now. They're not engaged with someone else or somewhere else. Mm. They're home. And as that begins to set in, it's amazing. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take years. Within a few weeks, sometimes as little as a week, what I start getting is, hey, how's it going? And I'll hear, oh, it's terrible. Mm. So wait, okay, hey, what happened? Because uh, like a week ago, mm-hmm. this was Disney. <laughs> Never heard it called Disney, but I get that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you were a week ago. This was pretty good, hmm. and now today, what's wrong? Well, you know, I've discovered that he or she isn't, and they begin to name the things that that person is not doing to meet their needs at that moment, such as well. Um, for instance, um, they need to, uh, understand how much I've been hurt. Mm-hmm. Hear that one a lot. Um, or, uh, they need to realize that I need them to speak to me this way. Mm-hmm. Or even speak to me more because I look over yeah. at him, he's sitting on the sofa and he seems to just be not even there. Mm-hmm. And if he's here, he should be here. Oh, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what happens with some of these is that they make the turn and then it becomes, um, college. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I bought these four books and these three workbooks and this video and, you know, uh, I have three coaching calls with Jim or whatever, and here's what we go. And that's just in the first day, you know. Mm-hmm. And so and so what happens is that I want you to hear me clearly. The needs are important. Yes. Your needs are important. You so, yeah, need to be Yeah, that's a good heard. point. Please hear us. We're not saying that you don't have the right to have them or that you shouldn't have them. They're right. Oh. But. But it's the timing of it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in, a, in a previous life, when Shannon and I first got married, um, I went to school and I was a paramedic. And, uh, and it was fun. You know, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie and stuff like that. And um, uh, uh, the paramedic f- field at that time was almost 100% emergency based. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it wasn't about chronic sickness or things like that. It was, you know, we went to car wrecks and shootings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is this why sometimes you push me down and do CPR on me? Just, yeah. You know, can't relive those days. Yeah, okay. No okay. mouth to mouth. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank, saying, you. Yeah. Thank you very much. My <laughs> teeth come out. Um, but <laughs> so one of the things they taught us, though, which was, I think, remarkable, was this. They would say life over limb. Life over limb. Now, for those of you that aren't in medical fears, like Jim, that makes no sense. But if I came up to a car that was in a major accident, one of the big uh, concerns we would have is a spinal injury, mm-hmm. that they could be paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And so there was a certain technique in which you entered the vehicle, you held the spine, the cervical spine, in a mo- immobilized mm-hmm. so that you didn't do more damage to the spinal cord. There was actual equipment that would then move into the thoracic and lumbar area and keep the back straight so you didn't do more damage. Mm-hmm. That's what we try it every time. But watch. If the car was on fire or about to fall off a cliff, they said life over limb. What is it? Is one better than the other? Well, I guess so. And none of them are great choices. But the big deal here is it mattered what you did when you did it. 
And a lot of times what we do is we do right things, but we do them in the wrong timing. And then we get an incomplete or a poor result from it. So people should not expect then that you've had a turn. Either you're communicating now or he or she has moved back into the house. And you should not anticipate or expect that everything's just going to be wonderful immediately. Yet that's what people do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what we're trying to say is it's better to face reality as it is than to try to live in a fantasy that isn't. And so if he or she sits there numb on the end of the sofa, and there's Mm -hmm. a specific specific thing I'm going to ask you about in a few minutes. We're going to talk about a a question I just got asked, and I know you will... Now I'm scared. get there. No, no, it's going to be (laughs) because it fits here exactly. But it's face reality. And think about what's the most important thing to do right now. Is Mm -hmm. it to make him talk to me or is there something else more important at the outset? Well, yeah, and I think the the struggle is is that once the desperate – measures are gone. In other words, I and, and once I've reached a place where I don't feel like there's an immediate threat, mm-hmm. then all mm-hmm. of a sudden I find myself in a place going, oh, I'm, I'm not as urgent or I don't feel that, um, uh, that fear-driven stuff that's making me want to do anything. And I start becoming more focused on myself. Uh, part of that, I think, is that people loosely use some of the words we have, like they talk about reconciliation and Mm. that gets thrown out there. I read sometimes where people say, we've been reconciling for two or three years. And I think to myself, that's like being pregnant for two or three years. (laughs) I, I, I don't know how they do that. You know what I mean? Rather than um, we reconciled Mm. and now we're in a healthy relationship. Of course, we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about the imperfect relationships that are Mm. healthy. And so, and so what we think is he or she turned towards us, now we're reconciling. Well, no, you're not. You're discovering what you need to reconcile. See, you can't uh, – the, the book that you wrote, The Love Path, is an amazing, is an amazing book. But it's not just a book. It is, it is a pattern for growth. It is an, an actual process that people can follow, and if they follow that process, they will fall deeper and greater in love. If they ignore it, they will fall out. So what happens with people is they've ignored the process, either because they were ignorant of it mm-hmm. or they just neglected it, either mm-hmm. way. Right. So they fall off the path, like, and, and there's no mile markers on this path, but there are sections of it. But let's say they fall off, they fall off the path, you know, uh, 10 miles up the road. And as they go off that path and things get jacked up, when they come back and look at, well, let's see if we can make this work again, they think they can get on that journey in the exact same place. Hmm. And you can't. No, no, we can't. Well, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's highly unlikely. Right. Highly unlikely. Right. Well, the most of the people I have encouraged, myself included, um, you have to start at the beginning. It's mm-hmm. that, you know, we have to move back to that attraction phase, which mm-hmm. is what, what is attractive to each other, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritual. And even if I'm not, if I work on those things, I can become in love or more attractive to one another again, again, mm-hmm. in all four of those areas. Some of you have heard the story with me. When I first returned home to Shannon and she took me back, um, I did not have emotional love towards her. Yeah, the same is true when Alice and I married each mm-hmm. other because you guys hadn't divorced. No, but Alice and I had actually divorced, and so we had the you know the wedding was officiated. We legally married each other again, and and no, I did not have that emotional connection to her at that point. No, nor did she to me. She had to quit dating some other guy to decide to marry me. <laughs> okay, and 
And so go ahead, go with it. I interrupted your thought, but I just want to let people to hear what we're saying. We know because we've also been there. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying I, I don't know that I would change it now that I've been through it. Um, but it wasn't a pleasure walk either. It was a decision. That's exactly right. You know, that we made. Now, the, so, so stay with me. Um, here's, what, here's what we're working through. And that is that just because we turn towards each other doesn't mean now everything is hunky-dory like uh, it should be at 10 years in marriage or, or 15 mm-hmm. years in marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm actually wanting to relearn who we are as people because what was in the past led to the dissolution of this relationship mm-hmm. led to this this relationship breaking down, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, no one is happily in love with each other, feeling fully respected, loved, and liked, and it just goes tomorrow, hey, you know what? Let's quit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, it just doesn't happen. What happens is over a period of time, we get off the path. Mm-hmm. And when we're off that path, anything can happen, mm-hmm. okay? Anything can happen. So, so what happens is now husband, wife has turned towards you, and it's like, well, let's jump on where we are. Well, Eight years ago, he did this in the house. She did this in the house. They were taking care of this. They were doing this. And we think we can pick up right there. It will not work that way. No, no. I actually had a guy say the other day, she used to be a Sunday school teacher. She was active in her church and all those kinds of things. Well, she's come back home, but right now she doesn't want to go to church. I want the old her back right now. Mm. Whereas she's got to work through a whole lot of things. Yeah. Because not only not only did we have things in the past that helped set this up, but because of the experience we've gone through, we've also changed a little bit of who we are. Oh, you can't get away from that. And And so we're learning... To love all over again. Oh, yeah. And who I am now, not who I was a decade ago. <laughs> You'll be sorely displeased if that's the person you rely upon. Hmm. You know, because you're not even that person anymore. No. Um, and this gets a little complicated or more complicated, Joe. And you know this better than I do, which is if a, if a couple is in, and I don't want to use the word just, but stay with me, in just disrespect. So they disrespect each other. They have poor communication habits and they split up because they just don't like each other anymore. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. When there is um, uh, infidelity Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother thing because mm-hmm. now emotions have been have been created possibly um, in long term affairs. Um, uh, emotions have been created with another person, mm-hmm. and those emotions don't go away. And so that person makes a turn towards the spouse. Now, what what you mean is oh, they right don't away, immediately, go exactly. Away. <laughs> they don't go away right away. <laughs> yeah, I just I just heard three people scream. Yeah, no joke. I, <laughs> okay. One of them was Shannon. The uh, <laughs> that's my first wife, y'all, and 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 his only wife. <laughs> but 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 the thing is, those emotions don't go away today. You know, they're real. They're there, so to speak. And 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 so what happens is now that complicates things. Because there's a struggle there. Mm-hmm. You say, Jim, I'm, I'm not feeling encouraged yet. Well, stay with me. See, here's what's happened. You've been doing the right things in order to get him or her to turn towards you. Mm-hmm. What would be the intelligent thing to continue? The right things. Mm-hmm. See, what happens is we've been working on our pies for us. Mm-hmm. They have had an effect on our spouse, mm-hmm. they are now turning towards us, which is attraction. Attraction brings us closer. Mm-hmm. So they're getting a closer look. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they walk up to get a closer look to what we are um, and who we are and what the relationship could look like, 
we drop on them how much the maintenance is going to be, the insurance is going to be, the cost of the vehicle, and the longevity of the vehicle. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. In, in, in other words, you know, we start telling them all the major costs of the decision they're about to make when they're not even sure that this is a car they want to buy yet. Yeah, yeah. there's a process here. Forgive me for using the illustration of a car. It sounds terrible. <laughs> well, let's make it But more, I just bought a car. Uh, let, me, let me bring up the question I was asked just the other night. I was doing a coaching call just a couple of nights before we recorded this podcast, and it turns out that there was a loose connection between my soundboard and the Internet, and so nobody could understand a word I said. It was like, <laughs> so I had to go delete the whole thing. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Because it's better than a loose connection between my brain and my mouth, which that happens <laughs> that happens too. to me all the time. <laughs> but one of the questions that came in, and, and when we had to delete it, the, the, the lady actually sent a message saying, I didn't get to hear the answer to my mm-hmm. question. I want to hear it. And, and uh, she and her husband had been to the workshop. I remember them well. Actually, kind of people... Um, I like people. I really do. Although sometimes people don't think I do. I like people, <laughs> but sometimes you just meet people you just kind of relate to instantly. <clears throat> yeah. And and she was one of those people, not in any way that's untoward. You understand? Just like, like one of my daughters, almost like eh, I like that gal. So anyway, the question she sent in was this: Okay, after the workshop, my husband ended his affair, or at least he said he did. What she said. And of course, we hear that a lot because people wonder. Sure. All right. He said he did. He's moved back home. But he just sits there looking miserable. I'm about to lose all hope. And when I asked why did he come back, he said, because it was the right thing to do. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, he doesn't love me. This is not going to work. I'm going to lose everything. Now, that fits into what you're talking about right mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Now, you might, we might not answer all of her question immediately, but if she's listening, you hang on. We're going to answer it before we get done with this. But maybe that's the illustration here. It's like, I want you to love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul today when he's still trying to deal with what he felt for the other woman that he left. Right. And she's saying, I don't know if it's the right motivation that he left because this was the right thing to do. And I hear that a lot, Jim. Hmm. If, if you didn't have the right motivation to come home, and my question is, what's the right motivation? <laughs> if, if it's a motivation where he or she says, this is what I, I believe I ought to do, what they're really saying when they say it's not the right motivation is, I wanted it to be because suddenly he realized he was madly in love with me again. Right. And that typically is not the way that works. Now, no. I've actually seen it happen once or twice in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'm just saying once or twice in 20 years out of the thousands and thousands of people we work with, that's not even statistically relevant. Right. I think that that's, that's a, a very legitimate challenge that, that folks face. Um, and, and some of that, I don't know, it's probably connected to our investment um, emotion or feeling. And what I mean by that is, you know, we want to feel like things are reciprocal to us. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it is uncomfortable for me to be in love with you and you not. Mm-hmm. I am vulnerable at that point. And, and although we may be authentic and open to vulnerability, that part is more of I feel exposed. Mm-hmm. And so and so I think it's a common thread uh, that goes through when the spouse returns, especially if there's been um, infidelity or an affair in the mm-hmm. relationship. I want them to love me that way. Um, and and they can perceive it as being this bigger than really what it is. Now, again, when it's my problem, it's big. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. When it's my problem, it's really, really big. When it's yours, hey, it's not that bad. The point being here, though, is that what happens is we get focused on the wrong things. We focus on the short-term stuff. We start looking at the things um, not that were working or the things that were bringing them into the change, but we start thinking, well, here's what I need to do to intensify, speed this up. I want it to happen quickly. You cannot have a baby in three months. Well, not one that's going to be healthy. Yeah, it's not going to be alive. Or even live. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And and what we try to do is take this infant relationship. I know this is hard to wrap our minds around sometimes. Yeah, because we were married for five years oh my or God. 15 years. It's or just 25 not an years, or, yeah. you so, know, which we're seeing a lot of. So they're thinking, this is not an infant relationship, but... Oh, it is. Because they've started again. It's it's a new relationship. Mm-hmm. And treating it like that is is actually one of the best things you can do. I was talking to a client last week, and we kind of ended up laughing together because one of the things we talked about was I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, Shannon and I went out. We were 16 years old when we started dating. And, um, and the first time we decided to go out um, was pretty funny, and I won't go into all the details. But the bottom line is, say Shannon and I went out, we had a decent night that night. And all we talked about was, since we were in high school, there wasn't a lot to talk about, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, all we did was talk about some some small things that are pretty insignificant and had our meal and then went to a movie because that's what you do when you want to get to know someone really well. You go watch something <laughs> where you can't talk. So you're not talking to each yeah. other at all. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to the movie. And then the next day I call Shannon up and I say, hey, do you love me? How are we? Are we good? Hey, where are we going with this relationship? <clears throat> she, it's It's... It makes no sense. Yeah. Anybody who's ever had a new date do that ran. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it, it doesn't fit. Right. We're it's, not there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what happens is, is one of the things that and we talk about the wrong things is, is one, expecting our needs to be met right away. Mm-hmm. And they're just not going to – it's not going to happen. Some will. But not all of them. Now, mm-hmm. the next question then is, well, does it matter? Do my needs matter? Do, do I matter? For instance, when, when I left Shannon, of course, you know I left Shannon and, um, and then ended up with her best friend. Um, and that was very painful for Shannon, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you can see that when I came back, she had needs that had been neglected, stamped on, stomped on, stabbed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming home, I did not even possess the ability to meet those needs at that time. I was so messed up inside of me, I didn't even have the ability to do that. You know, I, I haven't thought about it in that term, or those terms, Jim, but when Alice and I remarried, I, I didn't have the ability to meet her needs then either. Some. Yeah. I could be polite and those kinds of things, but but uh, the more intense things that she would need, mm-hmm. I couldn't at that moment give. I mean, we could be good humans. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, but there's, there's things that we teach in the workshop now that are not intuitive, you know, and unless you hear them, you're in what we call unconscious incompetence. Mm -hmm. You don't even know you're doing it wrong, so to speak. Right. That's correct. And so that's what we find with folks. And so we say that, you know, I didn't know she needed to know that I realized how bad she was hurt. Mm -hmm. I said, I was sorry. I I said, what else do you do after sorry? I mean, you move on. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily the remedy for it. No, it's not. Right? Um, I didn't know how to ask her what her needs were. I didn't know what the things were. So there was a lot of things that I couldn't meet. The timing wasn't right, even though she may have known and she would have told me I may not have possessed the mental space or emotional space to do it at that time. 
And so I was fortunate that she didn't do that, and we were able to build a good relationship. Well, what happens is, is the person turns and we say, I need these, me- these needs met now because I feel good now because there's no other external threat. But it's not the best thing to do. Um, it begins to, to bring fear, um, doubt, a number of things there. Your needs are important, and they will be met, but they'll be met in the right time. And it's having the patience and the long sight the, the, the further sight, so as it were, Joe, to see that begin to happen. Yeah. Many, many years ago, Dave Ramsey, uh, the radio guy that some of you guys have heard in our having a conversation, and I said, isn't it interesting how in America people don't want to process, they want a pill. Oh, yeah. Just give me the pill. When I really what I it takes is a process. And, of course, they've looked at me like, you didn't think I knew that already? <laughs> 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 Which he obviously did. But that's what you're talking about here. If you're going to put this thing back together, there is a process. Just like the process that gets you to where you are when that turn happens, doing the right things, working to the pies, being the safe place, allowing bricks to come off the wall. And for all those listening for the first time going, that it that makes no sense to me whatsoever. We can't take time to explain all that. So I recommend go back through the podcast yeah. and go to our website, Marriage Helper. That's marriagehelper.com. And you can find all about these things. But they've been doing the process well, is what I hear you saying. And, and then, then the person makes the turn and they stop the process. Yeah. Well, you don't want to diet right now. I'm actually on a diet most of my life, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I'm on a diet and, and I, I liken it to a little bit. We talked, I talked about it as a client last, uh, a, a, some time ago. And I said, it's like, you know, today I cut down on my, my eating and I jumped on the scale and tonight I don't see the results. I didn't lose any weight and I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work obvious. And so I flip it. You know, instead of trusting the process and moving through of what happens. And I think that happens. So, so the first thing is the expectations are too high for an immediate change for your own personal needs being met. Mm-hmm. Although it's a legitimate um, desire, need, and even mm-hmm. complaint, it may be the wrong time for that. The second thing is I see them do is, um, is there is a constant evaluation of, you know, where are you? Where are we? How do you feel? What's going on? Um, and And it's just... It's just overwhelming. Yes. You know, I mean, and if you think about yourself, unless you're, you know, a, a teenager, um, your emotions aren't changing every five minutes. Well, or unless you're coming out of depression or something yeah. like that. So it could. But you're right. It, well, one of the things we teach in our workshop is we quote Carl Rogers, who said, when I accept myself as I am, I change. And the second half of that quote is when I accept others as, are, as they are, they change. And people understand that. They, they are unbelievably accepting until the turn happens. Right. <laughs> and when the turn happens, is I can't accept you as you are. Now I need you to be what I want you to be. Where the same principle and process should be applicable all the way through. I need to accept that you can't just change everything. Exactly. Like that. Pretty much you're taking the exit off the love path. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. So back to the lady who asked me the question. He's sitting there like a knot on the log on the end of the sofa. It's like he's not there. And she's going like, what's going on? Well, I happen to know this couple. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I have some insight into what's going on. He's grieving. Mm-hmm. He's grieving the fact that he's lost his lover. Now, for mm-hmm. those of you listening going, how dare you say that? He, the man should be ashamed. Look, we don't deal with what people are supposed to be. We deal with what reality is. Well, if it's supposed to be, no one would be in a divorce right now or breaking their relationships. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get technical on this. Mm, exactly. And and so this particular guy is actually going through the grief process, in my estimation. 
Uh, meaning I gave up something that was important to me and mm-hmm. I feel the loss. Now, does that mean he turns around, looks at his wife and goes, but because you're here, that pain is gone. I am excited. I just want to hop into bed with you and everything else. No, it's a process that he has to go through. Mm-hmm. And so what we're saying is as he goes through that process, and by the way, you can always say, if you don't want that to happen, if you say, if he's going to grieve, I don't want him. Okay. It's your choice. It's your choice. But if you want to work this thing out, and he's going through the grief process, then you're going to have to accept the fact that that's the case. And it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen over a month either. It takes a little while to do it. And so if you can continue to accept your spouse as he or she is where they are right now, because Jim, he's been saying it along, it's all about timing. Oh, it is. And and, and and it's not going to be forever. Right. You know, and I know it feels that way in, you know, the first month or so. I reminded a client the other day, I said, you know, it it was just a month ago that she told you she was in love with another man. Um, and you're upset today um, that you're not where you were when you guys married. It's not, it doesn't happen that way. Okay. And keep doing what you're doing. Keep being the best person you can be. Keep investing. And what you're doing now is showing her that she can trust you. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought she couldn't have passed. It's not what you think. It's what they think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're not even arguing that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the choice. In other words, people look at it and they say, well, you know, I just don't know. It's just not fair. Uh, fair doesn't work in this situation. I mean, we're here to tell you the truth, folks. And so when it was not fair to Shannon that I did all the things I did. And Shannon in all, I mean, if, if I could think of a human who did possibly minimal to be a person who had influence in the destruction of our relationship. She's that person. I mean, she just didn't do that much to hurt the relationship. But the perception that I had of her in the relationship mm-hmm. was caustic. Mm-hmm. And when you, whatever you focus on, you will see whether it exists or not. You're framed by it. And so I framed her as a person who didn't care about me, as a person who took advantage of me, who was almost parasitic on me. Mm. So no matter what she did, I saw her that way. Well, when I came home, her living the opposite of that, not telling me she's the opposite of that or trying to convince me she was the opposite of that, but living it in front of me gave me proof that was pretty hard to argue with. Mm -hmm. And I became attracted to that person. Mm -hmm. There you go. And that was the key in that. And it wasn't, where are you? How are you? Where are we going? And all those kind of things. I do think you do that occasionally. Um, but rather just being good humans in a dating relationship, even though we'd been married at that time for 21 years. Mm-hmm. And so patience. Oh, well, yeah. Allowing the process to work. Mm-hmm. And when I say patience, I don't mean you feel patience every day. Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. days you don't. It's like, ah. no. But, but if you really want to put back together a relationship that's been damaged by something major, mm-hmm. it could be infidelity. It could be the fact that, that, you know, your spouse was an alcoholic, that, went off and did crazy things. It could be gambling all your money. I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios here. Mm-hmm. But when you start putting it back together, you have changed, whether you realize it or not. Your spouse has changed. And if you want this thing to work, what you I hope you're hearing Jim say is it's okay. It's a matter of fact, it's actually important that you have needs. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of I need to trust the process as we work through this. And it doesn't happen just in a night. Now, I am convinced, um, you know, our 3D intensive workshop, I am convinced that it will um, propel you. 
and, and I don't know how far, but I'm telling you, it will propel you much further quicker because of the intensity and the teaching that happens and the experience that you have and you'll experience there. So that's the three-day intensive weekend that we do. I am confident about it. I know that my coaching clients that have been through that workshop Mm -hmm. um, excel much faster and move much farther through that process because of the common language and the understanding that they have. Right. Okay. But even even that, and, and I'm agreeing wholeheartedly with Jim, but even that, is based on who you are and where you are. Oh yeah. So, for example, if if the workshop <clears> led <throat> to the husband coming back home because you wanted to be home, you've been propelled. Mm-hmm. Even if you're sitting there going through the grief process, you're further along than you would have been. And we've had people come as much as a year later and contact us and say, "Okay, we finally got it together." Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we had that about a few months ago, Joe. I remember there was a couple that came through. I think and it's the, the these exacts are not important and so but timing rather but I think they were just a week or two before their divorce they were filing for divorce mm-hmm. they came um and one of them decided mm, I'm still not going to do this filed for divorce 5 years later they're back at our workshop except they're reconciling this time mm-hmm. you just don't understand that it some people the process is a little bit different yeah and and we get excited when it goes really fast. Oh, yeah. Sure. But we can't promise everybody's going to go really fast. It really comes down to making up your mind. Do I really want this relationship to work? Not just to get him or her to make a turn, but to actually put it back together. And as Jim said earlier, it's, it's fascinating to see people do all the right things to get the spouse to turn. And then once they turn, they just forget the process altogether <laughs> and start demanding everything needs to be fixed now, you know, uh, you know, the last thing I'd say about that, Joe, is I know, I've worked with clients who for a year or a year and a half, they've been doing and we keep saying the right things. And but they've been doing the right things for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, just there are the textbook example of what a person should be, even when they're being treated just brutally. Mm. And the spouse make a turn. And three weeks later, they want to quit. Because the spouse isn't meeting their needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember a, a woman who did everything she could till she finally convinced her husband to come to the workshop. Husband was uh, involved with another woman, living with the other woman, et cetera. And not everybody is involved in an affair. Just this illustration mm-hmm. is that. And and uh, the work, it, it, he turned during the workshop. By the end of the workshop, he was like, what was I thinking? I need to put this back together. And we see that. Mm-hmm. So they get back home. And and she's like, okay, now every then you need to be doing all of these things now, and and it's like you know I've got to work through some of this stuff. And she threw him out after she worked so hard to to do the things she needed to do that helped him get there. Mm-hmm. Because then it didn't become the panacea of the pill that fixed everything immediately. Yeah. yeah. So she worked the process until she decided she wanted a pill. Yeah. And it really is about how you think. With our coaching, we spend a ton of time with the greatest distance you're going to have to cover. And listen carefully, folks. The greatest distance you're going to have to cover in the, or span rather, in your relationship conflicts is the six to eight inches between your ears. (laughs) That space is powerful. Those voices are the voices who speak more often to you and the voices you listen to the closest. And so that's why in coaching and and in what we teach, we teach about the personal responsibility, about how you can be in control. You feel, I'm out of control. He, she's doing this. No, you're in control. Mm -hmm. You're in control. Um, You can control with what you're doing. You get to decide 
what's going to happen here um, mm -hmm. and how this will play out. You're, you're not out of control. You have the power to influence what happens next. Mm -hmm. There's a lady who is uh, one of our admins in our Facebook groups. Her name is Petra. Or Petra. I never can understand how to pronounce it. She's from Germany. I call her Hey. I'm like, Hey. <laughs> at the time I call her Petra, and at the time I call her Petra because she answers to both with great, great uh, fun that I can't pronounce it the way she does that they do in Germany. But she's accepting. Her husband, and I'm not telling you anything out of school, they've been on our podca uh, podcast talking about this. They've written their story. It's out there. So I'm not telling anything that's not known, not speaking out of school and, you know, revealing things about our client we shouldn't but she's one of our admins now and uh, when Richard continued in the path that he was going she finally got to the point where it was okay I've, I've done all the process as far as I know how to go and uh, he is convinced he's never coming home so I'm going to have to make some decisions for my life now she didn't make those decisions like I'm done with him I'm throwing him away she made those decisions of well if he's going to do that then yeah. I have to do this then one day he calls her and tells her that he wants to put it back together. Now, it wasn't because he'd fallen madly in love with her again. It wasn't. It was because of the fact that another relationship had finally fallen apart. So what did she do? Well, when he made that turn, she made a lot of phone calls over here to us, okay, asking, you know, make sure I do this right. She followed the process. She actually helped him work through the grief process. Yeah, Shannon did that with me. Yeah. It's awesome that Shannon did that with you. And the fact that, that a person can do that as a person who understands what we're talking about, it's like, I'll accept him where he is now. And I'll keep doing the things I need to do. Now, obviously, if you don't want to do that, divorce them is your choice. But to make that decision, I'm going to do this and work through that so that they become this amazing couple, but it didn't happen overnight. And you know, there had to be nights when she went to bed thinking that lousy SOB mm. <laughs> feel feeling some of those residual emotions for her that he's grieving. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe sh I should just while he's asleep, put the pillow over his face, <laughs> you know, that kind I think of I felt a pillow a few times. <laughs> now I'm, I'm not saying Peter felt that way. I'm saying I imagine that Petra felt that way, okay? <laughs> but she stuck in there. She followed the process. Now, what did she get for it? A really good marriage. Yeah. And and it's a, and not only that, but she learned how to help other people, and she helps us help other people, one of our amazing volunteers. So if you hear what Jim's saying, if you really want to make it work, good for you that you follow the process until, the past, until your spouse made some kind of a turn. Now, if you're going to make this work... You still have to follow the process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So why would I do that with him or her now? Why? I mean, so why would I do that? Some of you are thinking right now, you're like, well, then why? I mean, all the hell we've been through and the, the crap we've dealt with. Why, you know, why would I try again with this human, this person, you know? Um, and I hear that. Why, why would I make this choice now? Um, you know, a lot of what I know today, Joe has mentored me in and, uh, you know, Shannon and I are graduates of the workshop. Um, and, and it's this, every relationship is a risk, mm -hmm. every relationship, is every a risk. single one. So you leave today, find another one. You, you still got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and you don't know anything 
about that person. Mm-hmm. You don't know the what's in the closet. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know the um, influences and vulnerabilities that that person has. Now, I'm not, I, I don't believe in fear as a long-term motivator, so that's not what I'm trying to say here. What I'm bringing is the reality of that every relationship and everything is a risk there. You're not going to avoid the risk. So if that's the case, if that's the case, I do know this. You did have something at one time. You mm-hmm. do know something about this person. Mm-hmm. And the investment isn't as great as starting a new one. It's mm-hmm. a great investment. Don't get me wrong. But at least you have something to build upon. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm just talking about, let's pretend you've just been married a couple of years. There's no kids. There's nothing there. You don't own a house together. I mean, you're, you're, you're renting a, a little place somewhere with no responsibilities whatsoever. At the very minimum, you have some relationship understanding of each other some familiarity. Mm -hmm. If you have kids and other things, think about all the benefits and advantages you get by taking the risk and seeing how you can make this one work. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, you can quit anytime. Yeah. You can quit anytime. Mm -hmm. Um, But you don't always get a second chance to go back. No, you don't. No, you don't. There's not a lot of stories of Joe and Alice. Or Jim and Shannon. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's true. I understand that. But... Well, actually, I'll take that back. There are a lot of stories of Joanne Alice and Jim and Shannon if both people will just keep working at it. Yeah. But if somebody finally gets to the point of saying, is it going to be fixed today or else you're out of here, more often than not, it's going to be you're out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those kind of things. So, how so I believe they up, can do friend? it. Well, I think that I'd wrap it up to say this. You know, keep when you're doing something that works, don't abandon it. Mm-hmm. Now, you can tweet that. That's that's rocket science right there. But in all <laughs> in all seriousness, if you're doing something that works, then then don't abandon it. Stay with it. Um, uh, don't get impatient. Don't begin to focus on the short term things. Remember that this is a growing relationship and, and growth is a process. And so don't, don't put your expectations in a place where you're expecting um, things to change right away. In fact, what I would encourage you to do is um, be a person who is intentionally aware of the progress you're making, the progress. A quick, very quick example. I was talking to a client uh, this morning, and one of the comments that was made was um, their spouse is in with another relationship has ended it. And this past Sunday, they had left, gone um, away. They said they were going to get coffee. They went away from coffee. Um, the She had got suspicious. And so when they came home, she said, where were you? And he said, um, I went and, and uh, met that other woman for coffee and told her that I didn't think, you know, just, mm-hmm. just had a communication with her. Mm-hmm. And she said, I went off. It was crazy. I was screaming, blah, blah, blah. She went through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I understand it. I said, how'd that work out for you? She said, not very well. And, and yeah. she knew we have a relationship in the coaching thing. Here, mm-hmm. Here's the point, or, or here's, here's the, the, the bigger picture as it were, so to speak. I said, pause for a minute. Whatever you focus on, you will see. So right now you're focused on the fact that he went and saw the other woman. But what is there one positive thing you can pull out of that? When you asked him, he told you where he was. Which is a big positive. He took a breakdown. Mm-hmm. He exposed himself. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it's, I'm not talking about what's right or what mm-hmm. feels good. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that if you begin to celebrate even things that are difficult, it can change the way you act and give you better hope, more hope to move forward. And that's one of the biggest things that can happen is whatever you focus on, you're going to see. Um, I'm not talking about 
faking it. I'm talking about actually being real about it mm-hmm. um, and stick with the process. Um, it'll come to it. We can help you with the coaching without a doubt. This is one of the, the mm-hmm. probably the greatest area we focus on is people taking the steps through this this uh, particular piece of the rebuilding. Since you mentioned the coaching, if that's if you're interested in that, call our office. It's six one five four seven two. 1161. That's 615-472-1161. And you can ask about our coaching. And then to my friend, I started with her question. No, if you heard everything that Joe and I said, let me end it with this to her. He probably is in the grief process. That's where I believe he is. But he is home. Keep doing the right process. And don't think uh, the fact that he's feeling those things now means we'll never make it. Just be patient do the right things, and you may well make it. Jim and I will talk about that just for a few minutes in the very next podcast, so watch for that, please.